Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sorry, naiiyak ako. <laughs> kasi pag nare-recall ko how we did that project, no, nakakaiyak siya kasi even if sabi ko nga, it's not coming from my pocket, but I know that many people were able to put something on the table during that time. Do you remember how often you got stuff delivered before the pandemic? Maybe pizza on a Friday night or fast food for a quick midnight snack. But how about groceries, fresh produce, even clothes? Ten months into the pandemic, how much has changed? We probably haven't had time to stop and think about this. But for some people, it's their life's purpose. Ito po ang Dream Bayan, a podcast that reimagines the Philippines. We imagine a better Philippines. Ako po si Nico Bolante. This podcast is brought to you by BPI in partnership with Puma Podcast. In this episode, we speak to people who made it possible for us to stay home and stay safe. Just like our friends from BPI, who've enabled us to make deposits and payments to our favorite merchants, through mobile banking. Tuloy-tuloy lang ang delivery of essential goods and add-to-cart shopping, thanks to their continued services. But let's go back to our episode. When we talk about logistics, we're not just talking about the people who arrive on our doorstep. Sometimes, the people who keep things running are often invisible to us. My full name is Maria Ireland Breeds. Everybody calls me Miss A. And I work as a um, senior manager for mailroom operations and offsite. Miss A works for Entrego, a delivery courier and freight forwarding delivery company. They deliver to 32,000 barangays in the Philippines. Mailroom operations means they manage the packages and their deliveries. And the offsite team does account management, like preparing reports. Before the pandemic, Miss A pretty much knew how her workday was going to go. Part of the task that I do in the morning is to check for any left-behinds, inventory of those that we weren't able to dispatch previous days so that we would be able to inform the client of what was the issue. And then also check what's the available supplies and follow up if there is uh, anything that we need to make sure that um, stocks are replenished. But work started to slow down at the start of the pandemic. Actually, it's like a vacation feel for everyone. Uh, very little work. We're just monitoring each other. And since there was no pickup from the client, so practically we're just uh, looking for the inventory that whatever was left behind in the office. And what I did first is gather all the phone numbers of the team and texted them asking how are they, asking if they have any neighbors that are suspected to have acquired that COVID and 25% of the personnel was actually feeling somehow happy that I was able to check on them. 
At this point, Metro Manila was under community quarantine. People were ordered to stay indoors, and offices and commercial places were closed. As a Nayala company, and Trego became involved in a project of its parent company. Project Ognayan is a, an initiative of Ayala Foundation together with the uh, PDRF. PDRF, or the Philippine Disaster Resilience Foundation, is the country's major private sector vehicle and coordinator for disaster management. And they have somehow commissioned a Lawson company to provide the supplies of the groceries and the essentials. 15,000 bags, all in all, 5,000 of which has been distributed to Caritas and uh, 5,000 split into two were distributed. MCX community in Montilupa, Globe recipients, and Trego frontliners, Mandaluyong city government, and daycare facility in Tikas. While the second batch, which were sponsored by ADB's PDRF, were distributed to Caritas, and the third batch, sponsored by Manila Water, were distributed to Rosario Cavite. 16,600 families could have benefited for that grocery pumps. Project Ugnayan ran for two months. That meant that from April to June 2020, in addition to the usual delivery business, Miss A handled the delivery of the donations. During the first batch of deliveries, I asked the trackers to take photos of how the receiving are. And when I shared it to the team who are actually doing the packing, one of them has mentioned that he somehow felt pride that he was able to support in his own little way, even if, you know, the money doesn't come from him. But seeing the pictures alone had given him that pride that he was part of that project. And I also remember one time that someone from the same group is also asking me, if there is any more projects similar to that one, because he will also be volunteering to be part of that again. This pride was felt, at yung kagustuhang tumulong was contagious in the company. I'm Francis Atacador, currently the head of transport and freight forwarding from Trego Express. When pandemic hit, we were also dealing with another crisis, and that was Taal. And in terms of mindset for operations, for everybody, the entire company was already at pace in terms of dealing with challenges such as this one. Obviously, the, the pandemic was at a different level altogether, but it kind of set up the mindset. And I think that actually helped out um, because we were ready to put up countermeasures to counteract um, certain challenges that we were having in the market. I've been in the industry for about 15 years now, and I've never seen anything like this. So when the government started to realize that it couldn't just be essentials, meaning it's just not food, it's just not alcohol and all of those that were primarily considered as essentials. So at that point, um, business started to slowly turn up. And Actually, at that level, BPI saw the increase of cashless and digital transactions during the pandemic. Francis explains that thanks to the groundwork already laid by e-commerce and digital banking, a lot of industries were able to transition to ordering online. And then their company was ready to make the deliveries for them getting their packages to people's doorsteps. The e-commerce industry um, being already there sort of opened up new industries. And that's something that was actually new. Some of these uh, industries already going into the e-commerce platform, meaning that when they want something, they actually just order in an app and actually get it delivered. So we had this certain grocery company that would like groceries delivered to households. And this is not just primarily 
limited to just um, household deliveries and certain suppliers want their cargoes delivered to distributors and all of these. Of course, it wasn't just increased business, but also having to operate differently given the new circumstances. We were complying with the government's guidelines and these are social distancing, the alcohol, the continuous washing of hands or the testing for um, all of our employees, the continued testing. Also, we are implementing a non-contact delivery in terms of our riders coming to your home, meaning that you don't have to to have a face-to-face with a customer. So we advise our customers to have ready tables that we can place our packages on and put their money for the payment. Every time they do transactions, they clean their hands. For Francis, the future looks bright. It is our job that we continue to find solutions um, and adapt to the challenges that we are faced. And speaking of continuing to adapt to changing times, during the back-to-back disasters caused by Super Typhoon Rolly and Typhoon Ulysses last year, many organizations and private individuals used delivery services to gather and send donations to affected communities. Bottled water, canned goods, hygiene kits, hindi na kailangang tayo pa mismo ang magdala nito sa evacuation centers when courier services are widely available. Not only do they allow us to get our essentials, and let's face it, even our luho, but they also help us to do good during calamities. Back to Francis. The challenges continue to be different daily, and that's something that we have to accept. We've talked about how courier services learned to adapt to the challenges the pandemic brought. Now, we turn to a sector that was forced to do so, because it was literally a matter of life and death. Here's Dr. Rizzi Alejandro from AC Health, the healthcare company of the Ayala Corporation. I would say that in the first few weeks, a lot of um, what happened was probably firefighting. And the challenge was really, how do you keep yourself operational um, and able to provide those essential healthcare services while at the same time dealing with the challenges of the lockdown? Um, and then of course, being able to keep your employees safe and making sure that they're properly protected and not at risk or at a minimized risk of contracting uh, COVID-19. I think day one of the firefighting, you know, we actually had to take a step back. Uh, We closed our clinics for a day just to reassess what were the issues in terms of accessibility. And after that, we opened our clinics. We did it in phases. Uh, We started out maybe 60% operational and gradually ramped up. And now we're about 100% operational already. It was a little bit makeshift at the start. Like, for example, when you talk about just keeping employees safe, giving them the proper protective equipment, uh, people coming up with improvised face masks, improvised PPEs. Another way that people have been creative is, I guess, how to uh, restructure or rethink the way that their facilities were laid out. We actually had to take some of our services to a specialized triage area outside our clinics just to make sure that we weren't exposing our non-COVID patients to potentially uh, infectious COVID cases. So There was a silver lining in the middle of all these challenges. One particular solution that I think we saw 
throughout the sector is the adaptation of digital health solutions. So teleconsultation and telehealth suddenly being offered and taken up at such a fast rate. And even the Department of Health coming up with regulations that actually encourage telemedicine and encourage people to seek health care from their homes. Doc Rizzi is happy that these solutions have emerged from these problematic times. She says that there are still some very fundamental challenges in the Philippine healthcare system. As basic as affordability, accessibility, and quality, access to generic medicines, for example, or fill health coverage and making sure that out-of-pocket payments are reduced. Actually, 70% of our spending in the Philippines is out-of-pocket. We're not currently covering it from a public healthcare system point of view. Uh, the second issue around accessibility is making sure that we have enough healthcare facilities and healthcare services for people. And it's been a challenge, of course, because our system is very fragmented. When you think about the different pillars of the healthcare system, there's really an opportunity to integrate across pharma, across clinics, across hospitals, across financing. But as we transition to what we're all calling the new normal, um, it would be good for us to somehow try to think about how to reset and get back into that original intention of pushing universal healthcare further. We're learning so much about how the pandemic prompted innovation and out-of-the-box thinking. The banking, logistics, and healthcare industries were able to pivot fast and address our needs. But what we're also finding out is, there's more that needs to happen as we try to create a better Philippines. Let's go back to Ms. A. When I volunteered for this project, initially, the first thing that comes to my mind is to just have something to do during the time that there is very little work. But from the time that we are doing the communication, I was seeing pictures of how the goods are packed. I am seeing the pictures of the pallets that are beginning to fill up and seeing that the volume of the goods that we have prepared and distributed is really something that you can be proud of. It doesn't have to be something that, that really comes to your own pocket or your own resources, but just having that kind of feeling that at least for three days, you were able to support a family of four or five personnel to have something to eat when they do not have work because of this pandemic. The fulfillment that you get for working in a project like this where you are actually helping your co-Filipinos and you know that they need that much help is much, much bigger than the fulfillment I get even if I get my KPIs done. For Miss A, the foundation of a better Philippines lies in values that we hold dear, such as makikipagkapwa-tao and bayanihan. Doc Rizzi also has insights on the value of cooperation and collaboration, not just within the private sector, but with the public sector as well. It's been really good to see the Department of Health stepping up together with the IATF and trying to take leadership of a more coordinated response. One of the things that gives me comfort is just the way that people have been able to come together in order to respond to this situation. In the Ayala Group, it's always so inspiring to talk about how the different companies like BPI, Globe, Manila Water, um, IMI, and um, AC Energy, AC Health, AC Auto, this entire network that you have been able to 
to come together to support all our COVID initiatives. And it's it's nice to see that happening, not just within the Ayala group, but also outside of it, all of these private sector groups coming together. And I think even more inspiring than that is when you see um, how even on an individual level, you see people volunteering, you see people making donations, you see people going out of their way to make sure that even on social media, sharing important news, all of that's been inspiring to me. It's certainly a very difficult situation that we're all in right now. And unfortunately, for the foreseeable future, we will continue to be in a challenging situation. But it's a time for all of us to come together and for all of us to do our part. We just learned the stories of the people and industries who helped make sure that we got our groceries and essentials during the pandemic. It's hard to imagine what community quarantine would have been like without them. We also found out about how much work needs to be done as we build back better. Not alone, not by ourselves, but together with every member of our society. It's really inspiring how every Filipino, despite the many challenges we face, even if we also lost a part of ourselves, still find the heart to empathize with others and still help in any simple way that we can. After all, dahil sa pagmamahal natin sa isa't isa, dahil sa pakikipagkapwa-tao, at dahil sa pagtutulungan, we are able to dream and work towards a better bayan. And that was another episode of Dream Bayan. This podcast was brought to you by BPI, powered by Puma Podcast. Thank you for listening. To get more stories like this, subscribe to Dream Bayan on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow BPI on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Bye!